the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing in more. Thanks for listening to the show. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. He's at it again, Elon Musk. He filed a patent for Tesla Tesla-Kila. He's going to start selling tequila. Say what? And he also thinks... I know, and he also thinks it's now time to start creating a mecha or giant fighting anime robot. I know, you can't make this stuff up. He tweeted about his love for the 2016 anime film and followed it up by saying it was time to create a mecha or giant fighting anime robot in the wee hours of Sunday morning. Something tells me (laughs) 420 might have been involved. Um, governments around the world should spend millions, billions of dollars on weapons and defense programs annually. No major military has yet outlined a need for a giant robot that swings a sword. So that's all kind of interesting, right? Sears filed for bankruptcy. So Sears had a bad CEO in Eddie Lampert. Tesla's got a, a CEO who's becoming questionable. Selling tequila and selling uh, giant robots that have swords, maybe not the best idea when you're trying to become profitable as a corporation before you run out of money. Just saying, you know. So a little sad news on Sears, right? I am certainly of the age that my parents shopped at Sears, and it was a big thing, and uh, I bought some appliances from Sears, but I can't say that it's been part of my lifestyle in 35, 40 years, right? For a company with a lot of debt, holding a lot of other people's debt isn't necessarily a wise move. The company sold its signature Craftsman tool brand in early 2017 to Stanley Black & Decker for roughly $900 million in order to raise cash. They started running out of assets. In your life, you may have a couple homes. You may have a couple things uh, of value, right? Uh, real estate, stocks, bonds, cars, baseball cards, whatever it is. Those are assets, right? Just want you to feel comfortable that those are assets. So 
Friday was the first update on the market on the S&P 500. That's the market I'm talking about right now. In seven days. It was a big one. Now there's a new standoff in America. Guess who our new enemy is? Saudi Arabia. Keep in mind that their king once said that 9-11 was a Israeli plot, which I guess I'm not going to deny that it's not because I don't know. But now their king is saying we didn't murder the Washington Post columnist who oddly died and was probably decapitated and might have recorded it on his phone, on his watch. So that's out there. The fear is, is that when you're the king of Saudi Arabia that you get pissed off at the United States and go, no oil for you. Um, and that could push oil prices. That's how they negotiate. China's more like, okay, you don't want our uh, goods dumped in your market, then you don't get access to our billions of, of potential customers. So oil is in the news today. A little bit of tension. Bank America is in the news today. They reported better than expected third quarter earnings. It's really interesting what the banks are saying right now. The companies like Wells Fargo are coming out and saying um, non-competitive factors. And then Citigroup is saying, you know, internationally we did great. And then Bank of America is talking about their recovery efforts inside the United States and their balance sheets and you know, obviously setting up a, a better image for themselves with the regulators as well as customers. So we're starting to get into earnings season. And uh, we're also starting to get into the back half of the year where a lot of retail sales happen. A lot of action. Retail sales uh, were reported today, just up one-tenth of a percent. Um. If you have a key takeaway, and you can't always have key takeaway because there's core retail sales, there's retail sales that we exclude autos. Um, but the weak spots were food services and drinking places. Gasoline was, gas stations were weaker because of the price of gas. And maybe some disruptions tied towards hurricanes. Department stores were weak. Um, now, the bright spots inside the retail were things like furniture and home furnishings higher. 1.1%. Electronics up nine tenths of a percent. Uh, motor vehicles up eight tenths of a percent. You also got the, the Empire State Manufacturing Survey. And I, I can't in good conscience do that. But going back to corporate America, you got Harris, L3. They announced an all stock merger. I haven't seen a lot of mergers in the last three to four months. This, but this is the sixth largest defense contractor. So I need to be a merger of equals. Six largest. And uh, you're going to hear a little bit more about that. Sears, obviously, probably invites the most questions today, right? How did it go from great to nothing? Oftentimes, I go, you know, don't get too cocky or arrogant about Apple. Because back in the 1990s, there was a company called Sony. And if you take a look at, like, Sony and Motorola, and, you know, Motorola was dominant in cell phones, wireless phones. And they, and they just kind of dropped the ball. If you remember back to the early Motorola days or the early cell phone days, a lot of flip phones were Motorola, and they were Motorola and Nokia. Now, Motorola stayed with um, analog technology when Nokia started going digital. And the cost benefits of digital were obviously superior. And Nokia put down uh, Motorola. And if you think about it, Apple put down Nokia. 
Sony was a great music player. Sony CD Walkman. What happened to them? You don't see people going, but man, I want a Sony Walkman. Maybe. Maybe everything will come, you know. Maybe everything will go in cycles, right? So retail sales were disappointing. There were some glimmers of light in there, but overall disappointing. Elsewhere out there, retail sales um, reflect consumer spending. Consumer spending also times will reflect debt and debt servicing. So the elbow is truly connected to the foot bone. I know you're saying elbow, foot bone. That's how Wall Street works. The ties are just pretty odd. Netflix is uh, releasing some PR today, talking about India. And they're really banking on India to turn subscriber numbers around. Um, they posted disappointing user growth for the second quarter. Analysts had expected the streaming giant to announce a rebound when it reports third quarter earnings after the markets closed on Tuesday. So Netflix is one of those uh, fang stocks. Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, Google. Apple could be thrown in there. You could, uh, you could say the G got messed up because... Uh, Google's now Alphabet, so maybe it's three A's and maybe it's just fan. But Netflix appears to be growing very strongly in India, and that growth has continued throughout third quarter 2018. Netflix app downloads by first-time subscribers doubled versus last quarter. So we're going to pay attention to India. Obviously, the biggest markets you know you would look at for Netflix, it, they're kind of what you would expect. You know, Italy, Spain, Argentina. Germany, UK, France, Mexico, India, Brazil, US. China's not on there for obvious reasons. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Don't be shy, there's always seminars coming up. You can sign up for them at Rob Black Show. Use code Radio25. It's Radio25 to get in for free. Making financial sense of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. This is one of those artists who has. Three songs. I always wonder, can you make enough money when you're Walk the Moon and you got Kamikaze? You got that Come, Shut Up and Dance to Me song. And then it starts getting like, what else you got? Can you have a career doing that? I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. European stocks sink to a 22-month low. Oh, man, that Donald Trump interview last night was something else on 60 Minutes when he said the European Union was created to uh, 
cause trade issues with the United States. Got to admit, there's strength in numbers, right? When you look over at the United States of America, you see 50 states. But uh, we negotiate as one nation, right? A mess. Anyhow, and anyway. It's a mess. It's a mess. It's a mess. His interviews never disappoint. I'll say that. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Let's bring in CFP Chad Birch to talk a little pillars actions on what's going on out there. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton, the 10 Pillars of Retirement Income Planning. Dun, da, da. People can go to your website, newfocusfinancial.com, and grab a copy. It's a resource there. But we also do webinars and seminars based on this, and it's longer form commentary. So it's interesting to say um, that you could boil this down retirement income planning. Maximize social security benefits. What do we need to know about this? Yeah, and this is one of the top ones because it's one of the things that people have to think about early on. And there, I don't know what, you know, with, with the budget deficits that we had starting in 08, 09 and the ballooning, you know, balance sheet of the Federal Reserve and, and debt in the U.S., people just started kind of getting this idea of, oh, I'm just going to take Social Security at 62 when I can grab it. And it's because it's not going to be there. So I better take it now. And I think that's a major mistake. And I think that if anything, 2008 and 2009 showed us that the government can print enough money to make these things last, and they realize also how important that Social Security is and how important the credit quality of the United States government is. And if they let Social Security fail without fixing it or extending it, it will could result in, in massive global issues. So I think that you know if you're under 45, assume Social Security is not going to be there. Now, it will be, but it will be replaced by higher taxes in a different form. So just make sure you can retire without it. But if you're over 45, you can assume it's going to be there in some way, shape, or form. And you want to then know why it's so important to maximize benefits. One is because I think we're going to be in a period of 5 to 10 years of historically low interest rates because of what's going on around the world with currency flowing into the U.S., with, um, and I won't go out 10 years. Let's go with five. I don't, I don't like predicting out that far, right, Rob? Um, but there's different strategies that make it so important to maximize every source of income because people's income from bonds and CDs are going to be low for the next five years. So there's a couple of things that if, if anything you remember about this discussion of social security, remember the terms restricted application and file and suspend. Remember those two terms, restricted application, filed and suspend. Okay. They kind of work together. What is a restricted Um, application? Well, restricted application um, can't work unless your spouse does a file and suspend strategy. So let me explain how this works. Let's say you have have two people. They both earned income, right? And uh, let's say you retire. Well, you can't do these things until your full retirement age, which for most people now is 66. And the idea is to note that between 66 and 70, if you wait to take Social Security, it's approximately an 8% rate of return on your money. That's how it affects your income for the rest of your life. And as long as you think you're going to live past 80, these are great strategies. Um, so what happens is if I go in, let's say my wife worked and got her own Social Security. I go in, I f- at 66, I file and suspend. I tell them I want to file for Social Security, but guys, I'm not going to take it until I'm 70 because I want that 8% growth. I don't have to do that. By doing that, though, by filing and suspending, it opens up my spouse the ability to take um, what's called a restricted application or go in and take spousal benefits. So my wife can go in and take benefits based on my Social Security at 66. 
And then what happens is once I turn 70, I flip on the switch to take mine. So she gets these extra spousal benefits. And if you do it the right way, we have software that maximizes this. It's You're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars if you live to a ripe old age, 85, 86 to 90. If you live to 100, it's a lot of money. And and don't just get the term 66 and 70 right because it's different for every spousal situation. I've seen numbers across the board, like uh, file and suspend at various ages and start this at various ages or, or you know, it, it's it's different for every couple depending on income history um, and uh, ages and younger spouses are different. So um, really need to know how that, that works. And then we can also talk about things like taxation and social security if you're, if you're excited about that, Rob. One of the things... I, I kind of want to personalize this. I see a lot of people, Chad, that, you know, that they don't have enough money for retirement. They retire and they take Social Security immediately Yep, because it's they earned it and that's how they're gonna make the ends meet. And it's like, no, work a little bit longer, get a little bit more, take it a little bit later, get a lot more like people aren't willing to do that, though, Chad. I mean, realistically, the person who hasn't saved enough, not willing to listen to you. The person who has is willing to listen to you. Right. And, and even the strategies that I talked about too is it could be different based on the type of money that you've saved. So if all of your assets are in retirement accounts and everything you draw while you're waiting to take social security is hundred percent taxable, it might not work for you. Um, so it's, it's a very personalized strategy, but what is it about it, Rob, that something got in people's heads a while back that I have to retire at 65. I think, um, yeah, I just think it's been marketed. And, and some people, I know, and some people do it even when they're not ready, just because they can. And one one of the things that'll happen with Social Security is I think retirement age will be put off till seventy, and I think most Americans aren't going to be able to retire even at seventy. The way that the, based on the trend that I'm seeing, one of my biggest um, fans was telling Tony that uh, you know he, he's seventy and won't be able to retire. <laughs> it's like, and he's one of my biggest fans. I'm like, if he had been listening 15 years ago, he would have been able to retire with something. Yeah, I know it's, it's tough, but, um, you got to have the extra income to be able to put away to do some of the things that we talk about. Um, and, or you so, need, and, or you need to move somewhere where you can get extra yeah. income you just can't the other put your story, head in sand. Right. Right. And the other story I see Rob is people that say, Oh gosh, you know, I'm 62, I'm retiring and I'm not very healthy. So I'm going to take it because I don't think I'm going to live past 75. Right. And we, we recently counseled a guy that, that, um, was in that situation he had already had a couple of heart attacks. Um, high blood pressure and cholesterol really ran in his family. He looked healthy, but he's like, you know, I'm not living past probably 75. Thanks um, very much. He, he was a high income earner, so we still had him put off till age 70, Rob, so that the wife, if he passed away, would get his higher check. So it's it, there's a lot of different strategies there. There are a lot of strategies. Thanks very much, even though that got a little depressing at the end. It's the 10 Pillars of Retirement Income Planning. You can find it at newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. You can cut, listen to a webinar on your home computer. You can check it out live in person. Find out more at newfocusfinancial.com. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW on the iHeartRadio app. Questions are always welcome. 
Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Sears, I'm going to switch to new Netflix's competition. So first and foremost, I'm a little bit sad that Sears is going down because I do remember with glee waiting for the Sears catalog and um, JCPenney's catalog to come, I don't know, maybe October and you'd pick your Christmas presents and circle them and your dad mysteriously had them show up uh, timed perfectly with Santa. Which, again, brings me to the, just, again, I want to mention it. There's not that many more days till Christmas. We're going to start racking up and turning up and and pounding out the Charlie Brown Christmas music because I need it. Some people need pumpkin spice lattes. I need me some some, some peanuts Christmas music. You know, the lulu. Actually, I like when the kids sing the lulu. But that's neither here nor there. So let's talk a little bit about Sears because... I remember it as a kid, and I remember, you know, not only when I looked through the toys, but later on I would flip through the <clears throat> intimate apparel section. As a 10-year-old boy, 12-year-old boy, you had to do that, I think. Or at least that's the common myth that I always hear about. I'm just saying it for a friend, you know. So, very humble beginnings. Richard W. Sears was a railroad agent. He founded R.W. Sears Watch Company in 1886. He linked up with a watchmaker, Alvin Roebuck. So you get the Sears and Roebuck now, right? The company went public in 1945, and it had $1 billion in sales. In 1906, they went public. In 1945, they had $1 billion in sales. So this goes back to 1886. It's a long time ago, right? A $1 billion in sales made it one of the top retail destinations in America, but also technically the world. They were the largest retailer. First printed in 1888, the catalog was a staple in American households, enabling shoppers to furnish an entire home with its contents. That was a big deal. In theory, you could um, even buy the house, and they would deliver it in sections to you. That's how Sears worked. Sounds like it's going to be grow into a problem that would compete well with Amazon, right? Company had a looming presence in American life and was perhaps epitomized by its move into the Sears Tower in Chicago in 1973. At the time, the world's tallest building, tallest building, biggest retailer, right? But it started to lose its luster. In 1991, Sears relinquished its title as the nation's largest retailer to rival Walmart. Uh-oh, Walmart. Man, this is kind of like a murder on the Orient Express. Who killed Sears? Was it Walmart? Was it buying horrible properties like Kmart? Was it Eddie Lampert, the billionaire hedge fund owner? Boy, he took a bath in this one, huh? Or was it Amazon? So Kmart opened its doors for the first time in 1962 in Garden City, Michigan. And Kmart was a competitor of of Walmart big time. 
it was kind of the response to it, so to speak. But Kmart went for the big cities, and Walmart went for the rural areas. In the long run, the rural areas win because this created a better distribution center. So Sears was a pioneer in viewing a catalog and such. Kmart's credit with introducing mass merchandising. So, unlike Sears, which became an anchor of enclosed shopping centers, Kmart planted its own big, big box stores and malls. Now, Eddie Lampert tried to save the company, so to speak, by throwing money at it. At one point in time, he wanted the real estate. But then he got kind of caught up in the rent backs that he was doing to himself, and it just didn't float when Sears sales continued to struggle. I feel kind of a sad day because I do remember as a kid going to Sears and going up and down the escalator and, you know, dad saying, you know, meet me back here in an hour and a half. Do you know what an hour and a half is? I was like, uh, nine o'clock, 1030, 10 And I, I just wasn't confident. And I, I, I met him back in an hour and a half. And sometimes I'd stroll into the arcade. Sometimes I'd <clears throat> go through the, the merchandise. But I remember that. And that was a, a big day going to Sears on the weekend. So, rest in peace, Sears. Rest in peace. You join a, a long list of losers, like Radio Shack, Kmart, and others. But once the world's largest retailer, ciao. I <laughs> know you're saying that's your eulogy. Ciao. Ciao. Anyway, the latest would-be Netflix competitor. It's going to have a very compet- uh, familiar name. And it's interesting because AT&T announced a streaming service built around HBO, a cable network that disrupted the industry years ago and inspired the company that's doing it now. Story goes that, you know, this is a bold idea. If you think about it from AT&T's perspective, it is. But back in 1980... When HBO was first getting founded, the idea of pay channels was poo-pooed. No one thought it could disrupt the network business model. So they didn't want to compete with network programming. They wanted to compete with probably movie theaters, right? Quality entertainment. Homes were being wired for cable big time. And Arbitron ratings showed declines to the tune that HBO was gobbling up, you know, eyeballs from ABC, NBC, CBS. Now, because you no longer need the cable and you can cut the cable and you can live in a wireless world, AT&T plans to, they bought Time Warner, to use HBO as an offering. Um, interesting. HBO is a big TV distributor now, right? And you didn't even think of that. AT and has other streaming service offerings, including an HBO service for cable customers, a standalone HBO service, HBO Now and HBO Go. You got the final season of Game of Thrones coming, so there's going to be something to market. Sign up for nine ninety nine a month, seven ninety nine a month, six ninety nine a month, just ninety nine a month, and enjoy all the exciting action of the Khaleesi falling in love with her dragon. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of excited to see how the show ends. It better not be a loss. They better not, like, all have died. And I would be really, really upset if this was purgatory. I know you're saying, did you just ruin the show Lost? Maybe. No. 
So Netflix has now got HBO coming out with a service attacking them. A little bit more robust than just HBO. Disney's got something. Planning its own pay service. We don't know all the details. We know that they've been ramping up their ESPN Plus as an app, paid app, with streaming. We could, I could definitely see Disney doing a kids channel, a superheroes channel, and a Star Wars channel. For sure. For sure. Disney's moving forward with the new animated Star Wars show. So Roku, they're doing something out there. They're kind of going after the low-hanging fruit of people who want streaming but don't want to pay. Amazon's out there. Snap's trying to get into original content. Facebook's into some original content. Has anyone watched any Facebook original content? Because I keep hearing about it, and I don't see it. Then you get not only is like Fortnite and video games wildly popular, and you got a big uh, Call of Duty cycle coming up right now, as well as uh, Red Dead Redemption Two. Both expected to be multi-million dollar, multi-billion-dollar properties. That takes a lot of eyeballs, and then a lot of kids when they're not watching, when they're not playing Fortnite or Call of Duty or Red Dead Redemption, they'll be watching it on on video, on Twitch. I know you're saying Twitch. That's Amazon's video service. Like, the world of TV has gone to just It's just gone crazy. It's a mad, mad world. Um, so Hulu's out there. I know you're just saying, there's a lot of... There's, and then there's still ABC, ABC, CBS, right? And Fox. So Hulu's still out there. And then you get... Guess who else is getting into TV services? Walmart and Costco. Oh, wait, wait. Let me give you a little more time. Guess who else is getting into TV services? Give you a little time. Walmart and Costco. But the AT&T announcement is the one that's the most interesting to me, given the role that HBO really, really inspired Netflix to do what they do, to move from its own beginnings as a replacement for your local video store to an app for digital benches. The fact that Netflix is... They wanted to hide from the uh, term binge-watching, and now they embrace it. I binge-watched The Sopranos on Netflix. I wasn't part of that that fantastic start of the show. I came in, like, season three, and I remember getting the, the Netflix little red envelopes, and I'd, I'd have, like, nine episodes, and I'd binge-watch all nine, and I was just bummed because it was only Saturday. And I had to send them back in the mail and get three more. So Netflix today was inspired by HBO, and HBO is coming into the market. Is it now the time to sell Netflix? Now is the time to start thinking about the future of Netflix. Because up until this year, they've kind of had the party to themselves, and they'll cry if they want to, cry if they want to. They had no reason to cry. Just think about some of the names I just threw down. Roku, Amazon, Snap, Costco, Walmart, um, Disney, HBO. It's not a uncrowded trade. This time next year, interesting stories. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more.
Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Lululemon. Lululemon to the office, please. Ticker symbol Lulu. $143. Boy, it's had a good run. Sweet. It's one of those stocks that uh, falls out of favor fast, whether they miss an earnings report or they have yoga pants that are too sheer and you can see people's underwear underneath it in the correct lighting. Don't! Or maybe they don't have underwear is the issue, and you're seeing their tattoos, and you don't really want that. With that said, it's been a stock that when it falls out of favor, it's really paid to, to buy on the dip. Dip your chip in my dip chip. Dip your chip in my dip chip. Do you feel comfortable buying on dips? That's a really, really tough question for most people to be honest about. Market's uh, lower. So October's turning... I'm not going to say really rotten, because lordy lord knows that like Friday goes a long way to fixing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Um, and then you look at the big picture of a year and then eight years, and you're like, yeah, we could take a time, some time off. We could have a bad October. Sad day. Sad day for those of you who like washing your, your car with beer. Bill Coors dead at 102. That's a long time. What kept him alive? Drink water every day, also known as Coors Light. Bill Coors, a pioneer of the American brewing industry and former chairman of the Adolph Coors Company, died peacefully at his home Saturday at 102. Do you remember those rumors, like um, fake rumors, fake news before there was fake news, that Coors was tied to the Nazi party? I think that's true, because probably just the name Adolph kind of was like, well, if there's smoke, there's fire, and they do have the same name. You are fake news. Fake news. Fake news. So Lulu Lemon CEO is on CNBC, and man, does he got some bad, bad, bad dental work. So Bill Coors began working for his grandfather, Adolf Coors, in 1939. What is this? This is like a throwback day, huh? We're talking about Sears in 1800s. Late 1800s, but it sounds better when I say 1800s. Bill Coors spent 65 years with the company as it grew from a regional brewer based in Colorado, to one of the biggest beer brands in America. They say that if you go to Red Rocks in Colorado, that you should probably start by going to the Coors Brewing Factory because you get free samples, and then you don't have to pay for the alcoholic adult beverage at the concert. They say that's the way to do it, and they're close to each other. By the way, Red Rocks, totally worth one concert in your life. Do you have anything else like that in your life that you could say totally worth it? I got that off the bucket list which is nice. So Bill Coors, dead. Um, survived by three children, seven grandchildren, and four great-grandchildren. Could you imagine hitting that lottery? What's your name, Sam Coors? Your name's Sam Coors? Is your dad that guy who started Coors? No, no, that's my granddad. Could you imagine hitting the lottery and being a grandchild or a great-grandchild? I know, I know, I know, I know. It's not like having all the money in the world is the greatest thing ever. But it's not a stick in the eye either. God, why couldn't I have been born into that? My dad was adopted, and um, the person who adopted his brother hit it big. Hit it big. 
the person who adopted my dad. Oh, he was never adopted. Loser. That's why I turned out the way I turned out, right? Are you with me against me? This is the Civil War. You need to pick a side. Retail sales, retail store sales were okay. I think the extrapolation that you can make on it is that you know the restaurant sales were down, and that could be effect, tied towards North Carolina and South Carolina and aftermath of Florence. Um, but it, it shows you that steady economic growth is out there, and gradual gains in inflation for reinforced investors. You know, thoughts that the Federal Reserve was going to lift interest rates. Um, it wasn't a bad number. It tells you that the American consumer is spending. And there's some confidence in that. Again, we got a lot of debt. Would it be a great if we were a nation of savers? No. If we were a nation of savers, we wouldn't have such a, a vibrant economy. We're a nation of spenders. So that's just out there. Just see so you now. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. So Bill Core's dead at 102. Where were you when? 22-month low for the global markets. European stocks hit 22-month low. That's good and bad, right? It's always nice to blow some steam off. It's showing that the America's economy is strong enough to not go to 22-month lows. But it's the trade war is taking its effect. McDonald's is a perfect stock to buy if you're looking to hide from a trade war. Because they're not exactly selling high-end nuggets. Ladies and gentlemen, we want to introduce you to a, a brand new chicken McNugget. We we'll change our name to MC Donald's to reflect our international culture and taste. Wait, wait, now let's just change our name to MC Donald's so that, like, they don't think we're going to figure out that it's the same chicken? I like chicken beak nuggets. So, with, a little, with a little dolphin tuna in there. I know you're saying you live a very sarcastic life, Mr. Black. But yeah, so when markets hit 22-month lows, it, it becomes kind of a negative. If they're, they're, they're not your market, it's still a negative. There's positive and negatives. It, it stops inflation. It stops over-speculation. But it also sits, uh, it kind of puts a damper on um, spending. And when stocks are all-time highs, we're like, hey, baby, let's make love tonight and make a burger. We need 10, 10 little children. And when the economy is rough, it's like, no, we don't need any children. I can't afford to even eat myself. You need to get a job, you little two-year-old. Or I'm going to punch you right in your baby belly. So confidence comes from stock markets being at a high, right? So you don't want world stock markets at a low and us winning. Winning. I miss Charlie Sheen. We need another dose of him again. Winning. It's been too, it's been too long. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. There's a lot of downloadables at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. These are free, good, valuable resources to take a look at. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.